witness in here that knows about God's grace. So I'm here today. to give you praise and to give you honor. We thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do this morning. We thank you for a fresh anointing to fall. We thank you, Father, for moving by your spirit, saturating this place with your presence. We thank you that yokes will be destroyed. Chains will be broken, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for a godly heart of repentance that we may turn back to you, Father God. We thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you that you have given us the opportunity to call those things that be not as though they were. So we speak healing. We speak deliverance right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Healing in our land, healing in our bodies, Father God. Healing in this nation, in this region, in this world. Do what you do best, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Heal, deliver, and set free. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And right where you are, if you don't mind, just stand on your feet and give God some praise. And thank him for being who he is. And we want to remind you, no matter what you're going through, just continue to wait on the Lord. And he'll be there. Clap your hands like this, everybody. Come on, sing. Come on, say, they that wait. They that wait on the Lord shall, shall renew their strength. They shall mount they shall up on like an eagle like and soar. They shall run and shall not fear. One thing you must remember, my God is able, and He cares for you. He cares for you, but you've got to wait on the Lord. You've got to wait on the Lord. He will answer you. Remind you, hold on. Here's what you gotta do. Trust and believe, my friend. He'll work it out for you. One thing you must remember. My God, my God is faithful and He cares for you. He cares for you. But you got to Shall renew strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles of soar. I'm so glad that I know how to wait in the midst of my waiting.
yeah. And you shall run. Wait, I say, yeah. But you got to wait on the Lord and he will come through.
with you, will you please turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 13, and we're going to read verse number one, the book of Psalms, chapter 13, verse number one. If you find it, please say amen. amen. The Bible reads... How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in the house. Thank you that you are Father. Thank you that you are Savior. Thank you that you are our Lord. We feel safe. We feel secured in your hands. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will breathe on the Word of God. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Glorify yourself in this house. Help me to teach your Word this morning. For I realize without you, we can do absolutely nothing. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for healing. We thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, What to Do. When God is silent. What to do when God is silent. This teaching will be a series and there are two parts to the to this series. The first part I want to talk about why is God Silent. And then the second part, I want to talk about what to do when God gets silent in your life. So today I'm going to focus on that first part. Why is it that sometimes in our lives we'll find God to be silent? I want you to imagine your cell phone, everybody got one. On that cell phone, ladies and gentlemen, there is a feature there called text messaging. And many of us use it a lot. I know I do. I text all day, all night. But one thing I noticed when I do text, I expect somebody to respond to my text. Ain't that the truth? But what happens when you text somebody and they don't text you back? Well, naturally, sometimes they might mix your text, you know. 
Maybe they're busy. Maybe they didn't see it. But what if a week later you still didn't hear from them? One month later, nobody's still responding to your text. Then naturally, you become concerned. The same thing is true when we pray. Prayer is the way we communicate with God. Am I right about it? So every now and then we pray to God and it sure looks like God is silent. In fact, sometimes you wonder if God cares. Sometimes you wonder if God is just too busy. And you begin to process it in your mind. You'll be asking questions like, is God tired of me? I've been there. Sometimes I'll be wondering in my head, is my prayer request of low priority to God? And sometimes I'll be wondering if God is just tired of me. Because I'm one of those that I talk to God literally every day. <laughs> because I am so unable to function without God, you know. So I've got to have him to help me in so many areas of my life. So I'm constantly praying. I'm constantly seeking. So sometimes I'll be wondering, God just tired of me running my mouth. We all react to this situation different ways. Some of us, the way we react to it, we simply give up. We say, maybe God don't want me to have that car. Maybe God don't want me to have that husband. Maybe God don't want me to have that house. And we just leave it alone. Sometimes some of us blame God. And there are some of us who will literally just walk out of God, walk out of the church. We don't want to be bothered. We say, this thing don't work. I tried it. I prayed. It didn't work, so I'm out. Today, I want to share with you so that you will enrich your Christian life. I want to share with you why sometimes God is silent in our lives. Before I do that, please permit me to point out there are many examples of people in the Bible who are waiting on the Lord and God remains silent in their life. I say that to encourage you so that whatever you're dealing with right now, I don't want you to think I must be a bad person. You're not alone. Your pastor has been through many seasons of God's silence. And I'm not ashamed to say that. That is why I want you to know there are many examples in the Bible. Say, for example, there's a gentleman by the name Joseph. You know his story. God gave him a dream that he's going to be a success story. And everybody, all of his brothers will bow down before him. Sounds good, isn't it? But guess what happened to him? He found himself in the pit. Guess what happened to him? He found himself locked up in jail. Can you just imagine what is going on in his mind? He probably be praying and say, Lord, I thought I'm supposed to be a success story. Why? What's going on up in here? This don't look like success story. When I'm locked up in jail for a crime that I did not commit. Another example is David. Ladies and gentlemen, you remember David? A prophet came to his house and anointed him that he is going to be the next king. So now you anointed you. But he found himself year after year, no crown. That's when you begin to ask God, wait a minute, did I miss something? You told me I'm going to be a success story. You told me I'm going to be the king. How come no crown? 
To add more to the story, he is now being chased in the wood by King Saul, trying to kill him. That's when you begin to ask God, why are you silent? See, the passage I read to you was written by David. David asked the question, how long will you forget me, O God? He said, forever? How long are you going to be hiding from me? I've been there. To add more to the story, David had a baby, if you remember. He prayed and prayed for this baby when he was sick. He even fasted for the baby. And guess what happens to the baby? The baby died. What do you do? When you've done everything you know how to do. And God remains silent in your life. You put in the effort. You pray. You fast about it. And whatever you're believing God for, that miracle got away. Not just Joseph, not just David. Remember the story of Job. The Bible says he was a good man. The Bible says he was a righteous man. He was blessed. Had many children. Houses and land. And the Bible says he lost everything. All of his children died in one day. Can you imagine Job's, what's going on in his head? Can you imagine him sitting at the home going of all of his children? And there are 10 caskets in front of him. What preacher going to preach that funeral? What are you going to tell him? This is a man that the Bible says he was making a sacrifice to God every day. What do you do when God is silent in your life? Ladies and gentlemen, one thing that concerns me is that Christianity is often presented to all of us as a feel-good religion. A lot of time when we hear about Christianity, they will say, oh, just come to Jesus, all your problems are solved. You will always be peaceful. You will always be happy. You will always be blessed. But the truth be told, sometimes in this Christian journey, you will find out God is silent. Have you ever felt forsaken in your Christian journey? I've been there. Have you ever prayed for something? And you fast about it, and even some non-Christian God, what you pray for? Been there. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever felt like you've been abandoned by God? That you're waiting on him and it looks like you've been ignored. You cry yourself out. And sometimes you feel like God has forgotten your father. Have you ever felt like God was not paying attention to your pain? That God was not paying attention to your hurt? Apostle Paul said three times I prayed to God about it. He said there's a thorn in my flesh hurting me every day. I can't even function. And yet, God didn't do a thing about it. I'm talking about what to do when God is silent. Ladies and gentlemen, even Jesus Christ was not exempted. You remember in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, 
The Bible says at the ninth hour, he cried out, Eli, Eli, Lamaxabachthani, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Even Jesus felt forsaken. God the Father remained quiet, silent. By the way, take note, Jesus was asking the question, why, why, why did you, just like, just like David was asking the question, he said, how long will you forget me? How long are you going to be hiding from me? There's a lesson there, you ought to grab hold of this revelation. When you're going through, it's okay for you to ask God why. It's not because you are being rude. I was sharing with my church family early this morning. One of the mistakes I made in life, I didn't allow my children to ask questions. Why? I was running a police department. When mama tells you to do something, just do it. When daddy says, sit down, you better sit down if you want to leave. But thank God for grace and mercy. You can ask God. He is not intimidated. He is not upset with you. Even Jesus asked him, why have thou forsaken me? Ladies and gentlemen, what do you do when you find yourself in a situation that God is silent? You can ask God. Why did I pray and my prayer not answered? Why did I pray for my healing and I died of the disease? Why did I pray for the job and somebody has got the job? Why I pray I pay my tithes? I go to church, I pray regularly. Why is it when it's time for layup? I got layup. There's a lot of challenges that we face in life that it seems that God is silent. So today I want to tell you why will God be silent? I have seven reasons why God gets silent in our life. I don't know how many of it I'll be able to cover before the time is up. Number one, God is silent many times because he's not a talkative. God don't run his mouth. Some people will say, I've been speaking with God for the last three hours. That's a lying devil. God is not a talkative. The book of Psalms, chapter 62, be a witness to this. Psalm 62, verse 11 says, God has spoken once and twice I heard him that power belongs to God. Take note. The psalmist said God spoke only once, but he heard him twice. Isn't that something? How can somebody speak to you once, but you heard him twice? God's word is so powerful that the second time he heard him, he was hearing the echo of the first one. God don't have to be running his mouth all day. He's not a talkative. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I say to people all the time, God's word is powerful. Psalms 33 verse 8 and 9 says, Let all men fear God. When he speak, it's done. He doesn't have to say much. If he say, let there be light, pam! Light must show up. The Bible says God's word would not even return void. That's why it's so amazing 
when God speaks. That's why you have to pay very close attention. He's not going to say much. Whatever he says is going to be accomplished. You are. One scripture put it this way. It says, forever, O God, thy word is settled. Hallelujah. I was sharing with my congregation this morning. I love my president, but one problem I have with him, he talks too much. People that really understand power, they don't say much. I'll be honest with you. I raised five children. I don't have to say much. My mere presence, I will walk into the house. If somebody is listening to bad music, everybody, you can see. I just drive into the garage. I've never said one word. But everything begins to get in order. God don't have to scream and yell at nobody. You don't have to talk all day. You know why the president or, or leaders don't have to say much? Because their word carries weight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, multiply that a million or trillion times the power of God. So when you find God silent in your life, it's because it's not a talkative. Number two, you need to know God is suffering. What does that mean, brother pastor? It, it means he's almighty God. He's not your buddy. He's not your errand boy. Sometimes I get tickled. When I go to church back in the days, and the deacons will get on their knees, oh, Lord, go to Cabrini. And when you're on your way back, stop by Rapis, and on your way out, please. God ain't not your servant. <laughs> God is suffering. I get tickled. I'll be sitting there and say, ain't this a trip? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God says something profound in Psalms 115, verse number 3. It says, our God in heaven, he does whatever he pleases. You know why he can do that? Because he's suffering. He is God all by himself. You, you cannot elect him and you cannot appoint him. You don't vote him in and you can't vote him out. Where were you when he made heaven and earth? So because he's suffering, he speaks when he wants to speak. No, when you want. <laughs> the Africans put it this way. They say if God make a judgment and you come in with your American self and say, I will appeal. Appeal to who? Ladies and gentlemen, God is so high, you can't get over him. He's so wide. You see, you got to play by his rule. God is suffering. Number three, if you're making notes, the first thing I told you is what? I say God is not talkative. So if you see him quiet, don't freak out. Number two, I tell you, he is suffering. All by himself is God. Nobody put him in, nobody put him out. You see, all our elected officials, don't tell them I said this. They're king for a day. Are you listening to me? One of them was shocked the other day. He just came and said, you want to take a picture with me? I said, no, sir. He was shocked. He said, every preacher... Look forward to take a picture with me. Is it Reverend? Did I miss something? 
You don't like me? I said, no, sir, I, I love you. I mean, I'm, I, I'm impressed. I'm with you. I, I'm, we can support you. Why don't you want to take a picture with me? I said, well, you're a king for a day. See? But when you talk about God, from everlasting to everlasting, the Bible says, thou art God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to take a picture with him. <laughs> Are you all still here? Can you handle the truth? Number three, another reason why God is silent sometimes is because he couldn't hear what we are saying. The enemy have punished me many times because of this. I did not know that sometimes you can pray and your prayer never reached the ceiling. I had nobody to teach me, to prepare me. To have my understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you mean, brother pastor, that God couldn't hear? Well, read the book of Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2. The Bible said, behold, the Lord's hand is not shut that he cannot save. Neither is his ears hearing that he cannot hear. But the Bible continues to say, it is your iniquity that caused a separation between you and God. There's a lesson there. The Bible is saying God has hands, and he can save. God has ears, and he can hear. But something can block his hearing. And that is our iniquity. I wish somebody had saved me a lot of headache and teach me that. I stayed in church all my life, pastor dating, but they didn't help me. When we get to heaven, I will find some of my pastor's room. They say, you ain't right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is trying to, to help you and I. To, don't develop a lifestyle of being messy. Don't be a, a man, a woman that's just, that just full of mess. Don't make a career out of being sinful. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. Even I'm not perfect. Only Jesus Christ lived on this planet without mess. But don't make a career out of it. And I tell you something else. You have to learn to ask God for forgiveness when you messed up. Amen. You know how somebody saying, I'm going to clean up what I messed up. See, don't just sing. I tell my choir, we're Sister Gay. I'll be messing with Sister Gay. See, I tell the choir, don't just sing. Pay attention to what you're saying. Only God knows how many times I've had to start my life over again. I say, Lord, it's me again. Why? Because I've now discovered that living a sinful life will rob me of my miracle. It will rob me of my blessing. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, put it this way. He said, he who covereth his sins shall not prosper. If I ask for a show of hands, how many of you want to prosper? You'll be surprised how many hands will go up. Everybody wants to prosper. Even the preacher wants to be prosper. But the Bible says, anybody that covereth his sins or has sin, that person will not prosper. Translation, we are our own hindrance. We're the one blocking our own miracle. But that scripture continues to say, but anybody that will confess their sin and forsake them shall obtain mercy. So it's not a question of whether you messed up, whether I messed up. But oh, what a blessing when you messed up. 
I don't know about you. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can tell when you messed up. Hallelujah. Even mere conversation, I will say something, and the Holy Ghost will say, that ain't right. <laughs> I, I mean, he just instantly. And then he don't even allow me to, to go, go 24 hours later. Instant correction. I mean, sometimes I'll be talking to my wife, my children, co-workers, and the Holy Spirit will say, no, take that back. You didn't mean that. That's not you. And I would say, so, baby, I'm sorry. Sometimes she would say, I understand. No, don't understand. That was sinful. That was wrong. David cried out. He said, create in me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within me. How wonder about the salvation of a person that is constantly being, being, being mean and hateful and abusive. Children of God don't do that. Even when we mess up, the Holy Spirit will let you know that that's not you. And when you fess up, when you confess your sin, the Bible says you will prosper. Let me take a little time out and bless somebody. You know how to prosper? Three things you need to do. You all want to prosper? All right. I'm going to give you a little secret. There are three things that will cause you to prosper in every area of your life. Number one, obedience to God's word. Did you get that? Say, I got it. Now, the next time I see you still struggling, I'm going to. <laughs> Obedience to God's word. Obedience always breath blessing. Number two, believe it or not, is confession of your sins. This is what is holding up many Christians. They're working two, three jobs and still cannot pay their bills. They've been afflicted with sicknesses and disease, and now it's becoming a permanent furniture in their life. Confession of your sin. Hallelujah. You want to know number three? No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> they don't make preachers like that no more. <laughs> Number three, you have to learn to trust your man of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20. You say, believe in the Lord, so you shall be established. Believe his prophet, his servant. So you will prosper. You'll be amazed how many church people, they're so broke. Their health is broke. Their finances is broke. Their life is broke. Because they don't even trust their own. <laughs> you are destined. God is not raising no orphanage. God loves his children. He said, you who are wicked, talking about you and me, we do good things for our children, don't we? You say, how much more? But we have to obey his word. When God says, sit down, you do it. We have to learn to confess ourselves. First up, don't, don't, don't let the devil tell you, oh, it's all right. No, it's not all right. It will hold up your blessing. And trust your man of God. Trust your woman of God. Whoever God put in your life. Hallelujah. I don't know how I got into that. Just a side journey. Aren't you glad you came for this? <laughs> That's my homeboy there, Jeremy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, you remember when Jesus was on the cross. When he cried out to God, 
My father, why have you forsaken me? Why are you silent about this? I'll tell you why God was silent. Jesus was all wrapped up with the sins of this world. He was carrying the weight. And the Bible is telling you and me, when you regard iniquity in your heart, notice what the Bible says. God, you're right, Pastor. God will not hear you. You can pray until your tongue fall out, but he will not hear you. God could not hear his his cry on that cross, as long as he was carrying all that weight. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to tell you? Do your best to stay out of sin. And when you messed up, be quick. I wish I have time to preach to you. Be quick to repent. That's one thing I love about David. David is not the most holy brother. David would do all kinds. Oh, Jesus. I don't even want to go on that topic. But one thing that distinguished David, what God said about him is that that's my man. That's a man after my own heart. You know why? He could do all those things and still be God's favorite because he's quick to repent. He would never hide. Like many, I have never seen a generation of Christians so bad like you and me that we would do wrong and still continue as if it's no big deal. That's right, Pastor. We don't fear God. Number four. Why is God silent sometimes? He will be silent if your obedience is incomplete. If your obedience is only partial. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, you remember in Genesis chapter 12, beginning from verse 1, when God said to Abraham, I want to bless you. I promise to bless you. He made him seven promises. He said, this is what I will do. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven. Every now and then you hear me pray over you the blessings of Abraham. But God conditioned those blessings to three things. He said, you have to do these three things before I give you seven. By the way, God is always fair. Let me bless somebody to see why I hang, hang around God. God is the only one that will give you 100 and only ask for 10. Now, I would never do that. So I know I said trust your pastor, but no, I'm not that. Now, at best, I might go 50-50 on you. But for, for me to have 10 and for you to have 90, oh, no. No, 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 no. But God is that awesome God. Look at what he's doing with Abraham. He said, give me three and I will give you seven. Good God Almighty. Notice what he told him. He said, number one, this is what you need to do. Number one, leave your country. Number two, leave your family. And number three, go to a place I will show you. That's all he asked. Leave your country, leave your family, go to a place that I will show you. But guess what Abraham did? Abraham left his country. Abraham went to a place that God will show him, but Abraham never left his family. He took his uncle with him just in case things go bad. Yes, that's exactly what it is, Pastor. He had a backup plan. I'm telling you, I'm talking from experience. I've got my behind whooped many times. I have scars to show for you. I have to learn how to trust God. 
When God say he got your back, you don't need a backup plan. Amen. And because he did not fully, he got two out of three. He, that's what we call partial obedience. Guess what? When he got to where he was going, he ran into famine. That don't look like blessing. Now he's asking, Lord, why are you silent? I'll tell you why God is silent. You've only given him partial obedience. The next thing that happens to Abraham, somebody stole his wife. They seized his wife from him. That don't sound like somebody blessed. But when you get to Genesis chapter 13, all of a sudden there's a turnaround. You know why? Because Genesis chapter 13, beginning from verse 14, Lot, the uncle, the backup plan, they got separated. Lot went his own way. Abraham went his own way. And all of a sudden, God showed up and began to pour blessings. Wow. Those of us who are theologians were saying, why has God been silent all this time? I'll tell you why. Because God hates delay obedience. God hates partial obedience. If you're going to serve God, you have to learn to obey him fully. I shared with my church this morning about Titan. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. He said, bring ye all the tithes to the storehouse. He didn't say bring some of the tithes. I used to have a preacher here. Well, she's still here. And she would teach people. God understand. And finally it came to me. I said, that's why she's broke. Straight talk. Still struggling. No, when God says something, you have to learn to obey him, not partially. Bring all the tithes. Where are you trying to figure out, but how am I going to pay my bill? But how am I going to do this? What have you been able to do without God anyway? Without God, <laughs> I could do nothing. <laughs> Without him, I will fail. You see, I have to learn that. It took me a while, you see. The, the Baptist folk, I love Baptists, but sometimes they hold, they hold some things from you. They just, just take me a while to catch up on some of these things. But once I got it, I got it. But when you learn to bring to the storehouse all of the tithes, God said, check this out. He said, number one, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing. There will not be enough room for you to receive it. He said, number two, he said, I will prevent the devourers from messing with your blessing." Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of these things just, he just picked me up. I wake up, the word of God would just got excited. I said, wow, where have I been all this time? Number three, he said, I will establish you among nations. Good God Almighty. Why would anybody miss that? You know what I'm trying to tell you? Delay obedience is no obedience. Partial obedience is no obedience. God feels so strongly about this. He said you cannot be warm and cold. You cannot be lukewarm. He said if you're going to do that, I will spit you out of my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number five, 
Sometimes God is silent because what you're freaking about, you already done it. Do you know sometimes God has done some things in our life? We don't see it, but it's already done. Hallelujah. I wish I can testify sometimes. The things that I'm crying about, but he's already made a way. <laughs> he made a way. See, I've been listening to Sister Gail. <laughs> I said, ah, oh, somebody find my page. <laughs> I just grab all some of those songs. I said, my Lord. God will go before you and make a way and work things out. Here you are, you're pacing the floor. You can't even sleep. Sometimes, if I were God, I want to say, shut up! <laughs> but God would just stay silent. There's something about learning to be still and know that God is God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I was hoping I'll, I'll be able to get you seven points. I run out of time again. I must be having fun. Ladies and gentlemen, serving God pays. Are you listening to me? When Daniel was about to be thrown into the lion's den, I believe with all my heart, before he was thrown to the den, God has already gone ahead of him and closed the mouth of all them lions. Are you listening to me? It was so profound that the king asked Daniel, Daniel, oh Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? The king was shocked. <laughs> when Daniel said, I'm still here. You gotta be kidding. What happens to all the lions? He said, one of them was rubbing my back. <laughs> one of them I used for, for my pillow. God has gone ahead of me and closed the mouth of the lion. I don't know what lion is trying to eat you up. But I decree and declare every assignment of the devil concerning you shall be known and void in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray God will go ahead of you and make the crooked way prophet again. I pray that God will repair the bridge so that you can cross over Hallelujah. And everything the devil meant for evil, I pray for a turnaround in your life. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand up. I want to invite those of you who are live streaming with us. If you need prayer, there's a number under the screen. Call that number. There are preachers waiting to pray with you, to rejoice with you. Same thing with those of you who are here. Give your life to Jesus. Serving the Lord pays. You would never regret your decision. And when we finish today, if you would like to give on your way out, the usher will have plates for you at the back of the church. Please give as the Lord prosper you. Those of you who are watching us on TV, live streaming with us, if you would like to give also, just go to our website, zionhill.com, and there is an opportunity for online giving. The Bible says if you give sparingly, guess how you're going to reap sparingly. But when you learn to give bountifully, guess what? You will reap bountifully. My prayer for you is that we all learn to support the work of the ministry. And trust God with our earnings. Trust God with the first fruit of your increase. 
so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your skin will burst out with new wine. Will you please help me welcome our worship team again? Minister Terrence, God bless you. Let's praise the Lord before we leave this morning. Come on, everybody, clap those hands like this.